this is actually going to be like part of the podcast or we're just having a conversation? Well, it's live now. It's recording now. So <laughs> I just hit record. So the whole beginning where you were professing your love to me and all that stuff, that's all right. not, that didn't make the show. Oh, this, don't <laughs> this part, This part is going to. So let me give you a, a brief introduction. You told me how to say your last name, Chris Vignard. Did I say it right? Vignard. Vignard. Close. You just explained it. It's it's a uh, French, but you're from Louisiana. I am born and raised in New Orleans. Um, yeah. I just watched. I mean, what's that? I, I did some travel nursing, so I did explore outside of the city. But this place has a way of like calling family members back. Like we'll go away, we'll work, and I did travel nursing for a few years, and then you know I, when it was time to buy a house and start a family, I moved back home. You know. Well. So. I was just watching a Tom Segura comedy special and he was saying unfavorable things about the state of Louisiana. All in good fun. I don't blame him. Uh, people are pretty, you know, this state is like always at the bottom of the list of everything. You know, we're always 49th in education. We're 50th in this. I'm like, Jesus, can we come in first place anywhere? Oh, we were first in the crime rate, you know, a few years back in New Orleans. So it's like, okay. Well, yeah. but the people down here, you know, Louisiana is a special kind of kind of folk that live down this way. And, you know, we were cut from a different cloth, I say, but we're very friendly people as well. You know, and we're very welcoming. So, you know, some good parts down here, too. Good people, good food, good culture. Definitely good food. I don't think Mardi Gras is doing any favors is, is the issue. Not this year. Not this year. With the influx of people that we get from all over the world, um, the coronavirus is really rampant right now. We've got um, almost 2,300 cases now in New Orleans. And this is a small city compared to Los Angeles or Chicago or New York. And so this, 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 this is very serious. This is like our third week or fourth week of, of just quarantine, self-quarantine. Where are you now? Are you at the gym? I'm in my home. I'm in my, uh, this is my, this is my garage. And uh, right. it's kind of my, my gym as well. Um, again, I'm a huge fan of CrossFit, man. When, when I drank the Kool-Aid, I was, I was in. So I slowly over the past four years started kind of accumulating bumper plates and barbells. And I made my own pull-up rig over here and I've got my squat rack and stuff. So yeah, I borrowed a roar from from the gym just so I can incorporate some rowing here at home, you know, but yeah, this is my home spot right here. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. You, you walk into CrossFit, you fall in love, and then you're one of the entrepreneurs out there that it ultimately led you to starting a new business. And I really want to talk about that journey from walking in to starting a new business. And then of course, telling us about the business and, and, and the success of it. So what was the first box that you walked into? Um, a very small box, about 40 minutes outside of the city, um, surprisingly. Um, actually, no, the first box I ever walked into was CrossFit NOLA. Uh, just on a Saturday, you know, come get to know CrossFit. Open, open class, you know, intro to CrossFit. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the coach, Molly, uh, having us do toast the bar. On day and one. Was, on day one, you know, we had some pull-ups, maybe some push-ups, but we had toes to bar in the workout. And I just remember doing these toes to bar, thinking to myself, my hands hurt, 
And why am I doing this? Like, why do I need to bring my toes all the way up to the bar? Just bringing my knees up to my chest, is that not good enough? So I wasn't really, I didn't buy in initially. At that time, when I did try out CrossFit for the first time, I was uh, actually a boot camp instructor. So I, I can see that. I can of, see you doing I was, that. I was the Simon Says, do this. Simon Says, do that. Hold that plank for so long. Now I'll go run. You know, so that was me out there at City Park. I was doing that for a number of years before uh, I tried CrossFit for the first time. I heard about it. Didn't think it was quite for me because it was all about fire breathers and people that do, you know, that, that are firefighters and, and, and police officers and soldiers, you know. So I was like, I'm not running into any burning buildings. So I guess I really don't need this level of fitness in my life. So this was back in like maybe 2009, 2010. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a minute since I heard about CrossFit and but it, no, I think it was around 2011 when I actually tried out at CrossFit NOLA and, and it was like, nope, this is not for me. I'll continue doing my boot camp. And uh, anyway, I didn't join CrossFit NOLA initially. Uh, one of my relatives that was training with me in my boot camp class, he lost a ton of weight. And um, when I shut down my boot camp classes, because my wife, when she gets pregnant, she has the horrible pregnancies. She's nauseated the entire time. So when she was pregnant with our last child, I just said, well, you know, winter time was never a good time to work out outside. People were, would kind of drop off, you know, because it's cold and with daylight savings time. So attendance was kind of low. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going I'm to I'm stop the, the, the boot camp classes, focus on family. I'll continue doing whatever little training, my P90X and running and whatnot on the side. Um, but anyway, long story short, one of my one of my clients that was um, working out with me started doing CrossFit. And as I would see him as the months would go by and I would say, dude, you still doing CrossFit? You look your posture is better. You look bigger. You, your complexion is better. Like, are you still <laughs> doing this CrossFit thing? Yeah, man, you got to come try it out. So I wind up trying out that gym that he was going to which is like i say outside the city i went there for a saturday class and i just was like you know what this is a small intimate little place and this is what i need i didn't want a big gym i wanted a place where i felt like i would get some attention and uh that that coach was really focusing on my technique and i looked up and i found crossfit 70037 which is the zip code for Bell Chase, Louisiana. It's just on the West Bank of New Orleans, right outside the city. Uh, I started out crossfitting there and probably about eight months in, I went for my L1. And uh, cause I knew, you know, Trent was the only coach. So me and my, my, my cousin, we just looking at one another, like we need to get our L1s, you know, cause he's gonna need some help one day. And when he's ready, we'll be ready. And that's kind of how it happened. My cousin Val got his L1, then I got my L1. And next thing you know, we, that's where I got my first start, trained, uh, coaching like two, two classes a week. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity because that led me to CrossFit NOLA, branching out into a bigger environment, you know, newer faces, different level athletes. Um, it really helped me. They, they, I got my level two since I've been over there with them now, and it's been I think a little over a year since I've been there. Yeah, about a year and a half now coming up. 
Um, so yeah, it, my, my coaching career has slowly kind of, you know, blossomed along the way. I, I, I was starting to feel kind of stagnated at the gym where I was because I was only surrounded about around the coaches that I was with. And sometimes when I would come to them or come to the head coach with some, hey, I saw this and I think this might be a great progression. Sometimes it would get shot down. I needed to be around some coaches that, um, that I felt like knew more than me. And I can kind of bounce ideas off of, and then they can share their ideas. I mean, just from mobility to how you explain the workout to just this multiple facets of just being a better coach. You need to surround yourself with people who know a little more than you. So it was time for me to kind of branch out and, and it's been good so far. So good. I'm, I'm very grateful. Well, it seems like you're super proactive in it and you're one of those people, you know, you showed up getting your level one and, for a lot of people, that's where it ends. But to hear that you then continued and went on for your level two, it's really yeah. exciting for me because I put so much stock in that. Tell me about how you then decide to start a business. To me, all this other stuff is great. It's impressive. Yeah. But I really just dig into this entrepreneurial stuff because it's what I've always done. I've never, like you, had a real job. And <laughs> it's, it's just always been like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And I think that's kind of where this right. came from, but tell yeah. me about it. How do you go from, I, I'm working out realizing, Hey, I'm tearing up my hands or okay. this is going on to now I have a product. All right. Well, let me take you back to where it all started. Yeah. As a, and I'm not going to stay here long as a, as a young kid, my father did construction work. We did plastering, we did sheetrock work. So it was a lot of construction work that was done in my day, a lot of scaffold building, a lot of, moving of heavy bags of cement and whatnot. So it was nothing for our hands to get really rough and, 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 and calloused, especially dealing with cement and dealing with metal lap. So I, I was used to having rough hands as a teenager working with my family business. And even all through nursing school, I still did construction. But once I graduated nursing school, I went from doing this hard labor type work to more or less like giving injections and hooking up IVs and doing a lot of writing. So I actually went from having calluses on my hands to having calluses on my fingers from all the writing I was doing. So you got, so, you got a little bit soft. I got still... a lot soft. I right. got a lot soft over the years because although I still trained, I wasn't doing CrossFit. And I never was one. I never really liked back squats and I never really liked pull-ups. So I started off, I tell people all the time, look, I started off with a green band Everybody starts somewhere. So just start, you know. But anyway, um, when I started doing CrossFit, again, my hands were not prepared. I wasn't doing construction on a regular basis. So my hands were really soft. Um, when it was time to grab onto the pull-up bar, yeah, it took a couple of months just for the calluses to start. And then the pain goes away, you know. Um, your hands have kind of gotten prepared for the work that you've been doing they've been toughening up however i realized after i started doing crossfit that there were people around me that was ripping their calluses and when the first time i saw a callus peel back and you had to tear it off i was like that is really ugly you know i mean i, I did home health nursing for many many years and i still was knee deep in nursing visiting patients at home and doing a lot of wound care and all sorts of gels and ointments and bandages. I mean, things that was really, really hundred dollars just for like one four by four little square packet that you're trying to put on the wound to get it to heal. 
I've gone through a gambit of things and I've seen a gambit of things, but to see a wound on someone's hand because their hand ripped was new to me. All right. I, so, I think that's new for just about anybody that starts CrossFit. You know, we're just like, it, even for like you, I grew up in the gym, was never a big fan of gloves, kind of made fun of those people, but yeah. when you're just holding a dumbbell or a barbell, you feel it a little bit, but you're never ripping. Right, right. You're not doing these these heavy, you know, movements like butterfly pull-ups or just a lot of pull-ups at one time. Toes the bar, that inner, 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 that that friction. Right. You're not used to doing that in your typical global gym. So the first time I saw a rip, it really took me by surprise. And I was like, I would hate for that to happen to me. But I knew that if I kept doing this CrossFit thing, it's eventually probably going to happen. And then one day it did happen to me. It actually happened right here in my home gym doing, uh, ooh, is it Angie? What is the name of that? It's not Angie. Well, Angie's got 100 pull-ups to kick off. Yes, that's 100 it, 100 pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, squats. Yes, yeah. it was four, four movements, 100 reps each. That was the movement that I was doing in here. And on reps 76, I ripped my callus. So that kind of got me thinking like, well, I started doing some, you know, Googling and researching to see what was out there on the market. And what kept coming up was that little tool to slice off your callus. It was like a razor blade that kind of sits in a little device and you slide it back and you, you kind of slice them off. But I'm thinking to myself, knowing what I know from nursing, and we've used scalpels to, you know, cut off old dead tissue to kind of help the new tissue start to regenerate. It's called debridement, and I really don't want. I know you can cut a little too much off if you're not careful. So I've I'm done that, myself, just ripping them off myself, just yeah, peeling sure. them off. And that's the thing. I realized that you need to have a happy place. Too much callus, and it'll rip off. Not enough callus, and it doesn't quite protect your hand. And if you're wearing gloves, sometimes gloves will kind of get stuck in that little groove when you're grabbing onto the bar, and it will pinch. So I figured, well, how can you? you know, manage your calluses in a healthy way. So now I'm on, I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be a problem because it happened to me. It's going to continue to happen. I'll put this on a back burner, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to think of a way that maybe this can, we can solve this problem. So one night I come home from the gym and maybe about a week or two before this happened, my wife and my family and I were in Tars R Us. And I guess Tars R Us was starting to downsize. And they had this huge bin of skateboards. Little bitty skateboards. Little mini oh, skateboards. I know where you're going with this, yeah. Little small skateboard. And my boy was about a, almost a year and a half old. So I'm thinking to myself, I'll buy a little skateboard and we can play around with it, right? Well, this night I come home from the gym. And he had been picking at the little clear plastic on the skateboard. Started to reveal the sandpaper on top or at the top of the skateboard. And I'm playing with him and I happened to rub my hand across the top of the skateboard. And when I did that, I realized I was starting to shave off the cal. I was sanding down the calluses on the back of my fingers. Right. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. So I kept doing that. Next thing you know, I'm looking at his skateboard, the black sandpaper is starting to turn white. And I'm like, oh shoot, I'm about to mess up his skateboard. So I stopped, but that gave me the idea versus trying to shave them down. And then obviously a, a regular file, that sandpaper is not rugged enough to really do any really good filing down. It's good to file down your fingernails, but it's not gritty enough to file down your calluses. So that's why I started thinking a flat file is not gonna work. It needs to be round. 
So one of my patients did a lot of arts and crafts. So, you know, the in that tubing that you have on the inside of like a wrapping paper when you're wrapping gifts. Yes. That long tube around Christmas time. Well, imagine that tube, but really, really stiff. Really, really stiff and rugged. All right. I asked to borrow some of that. And that, and I went to Lowe's and I bought some band sandpaper that go on a band saw. It's about half inch wide and it's really long. You just kind of cut it and I made one long loop and I actually glued it around that tubing and I let it dry. And then I cut it into little pieces to have little samples. It was about the size of a toilet paper roll right. <laughs> when you think about it with sandpaper that I glued to the, the perimeter of it, outside of it. And I gave those samples to the coaches that I, that I trained with. And I just asked them to just try them out. This was around Christmas of 2016. I started making these prototypes around October, November. And by Christmas, I remember giving out samples of it to the coaches to say, hey, try it out. Tell me what you think. About a week or so later, they all were getting back to me saying, hey, man, I think you're on to something. You know, this thing really works. And one of the coaches used to actually use a Dremel to file down his calluses. And I remember I've done that I, before. Yeah. And don't it smell like burning skin? I mean, it's well, yeah, you're like, always running the risk of going too deep, kind of like what you were saying about yeah. cutting it as well. Yeah. So when I decided to make it the way I did, all I did was reinvent the file is the way I look at it. And, and then a file was the first file was made back in 1910. So you can't get like a patent on anything. It's like trying to repatent a, a, a toothbrush, you know, or, you know, a comb. The thing is, is you, all I did was change it from being flat to being round. And um, it, it took a few um, prototypes before I finally came up with the final design. In the beginning, I used to actually paint the, uh, the pipe. Each piece of sandpaper is cut by hand right now because there's, the, the machine that I want is really expensive and I'm not quite ready to you know, shell out those duckies. But um, yeah, the entrepreneurial spirit in me comes from you know, my family just being self-employed and just watching my dad take care of the entire family being you know, his own man. And um, you know, I've always, uh, it's not my first business I've started. You know, I, I started a little fitness factory, you know, which was my boot camp classes. And um, you know, I had like a little handyman service at one time before Katrina you know, hit and <laughs> wiped out everything. You know, those years were like a blur. That was when fitness really went away in my life from like the age of 35 to 40. It was just like a glitch in the system that I don't, I could barely even remember that time frame, you know, because it was just so much going on. And that's when I gained a little weight. And that's when I realized when I turned 40, my sister-in-law kind of came to me and she said, hey, brother-in-law, how you doing? Look like you gained a little weight, huh? And I was like, huh, okay, thank you. That was the wake up call for me to snap back into fitness and get my life straight again. And um, I haven't looked back. It's been almost 10 years now. And look at me now. I've, I went from being the student in class to being a level two CrossFit coach. And I hope to be at your level one day. I have mad respect for you and Fern. Uh, and my, I have one level three coach that, that, I, that I actually, I take his class every morning because I love hearing him talk and, and his rationales. And I love picking his brain. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really, my life is all about health and fitness. I mean, as a nurse, I educate people on how to healthy, happy lives so they can stay out of the hospital. As a coach, I try to explain to people how to move well and you know, movement and, and technique before, you know, and consistency before intensity, you know, so 
Uh, I make sure that we, we, we keep people in their lane before they, they move forward. And then I want to keep people safe. I mean, I, I initially designed this, this file because I thought it would be a good way to manage my own hands. And then when people started to tell me, I think you're kind of on to something, then I'm like, you know what, maybe I should kind of pursue this and see what happens. Um, all the marketing from this product has been basically on me. Uh, it's been me reaching out the way I reached out to you maybe about a year ago or so and said, hey, I got this product that I make. Would you mind if I send you one? And I remember you, you was nice enough to say, yeah. And you said, I still have it right in my bathroom. This was, yeah, we was in Florida. And I remember mailing it to you in Florida. Um, and you're probably ready for another one about now. I, get, I tell folks that it should last about a year. It took me a while going through different types of sandpaper. That was the thing that, that kind of took the most time during a prototyping because there's all different types of sandpaper out there. And I wanted something that was going to be kind of, as some of my people say, military grade. They like it because it's really durable. It's really rough. In the beginning, it may come across a little too rough, but then as you start using it, you realize why it's the grit that it is. And being waterproof was just, a bonus. I didn't even realize the, that the sandpaper was going to be waterproof until one day I just kind of asked my wife while I was taking a shower. I was like, honey, can you grab my file off the table and bring it to me? I want to see if, how this thing holds up underwater. And sure enough, I mean, the, the sandpaper and the glue, everything stuck well and it, it, it cleaned off. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. So I can clean this thing too? Yeah. So, you know, I've just been um, eagerly you know, uh, working at this little dream of mine. Uh, this, this month actually makes three, today is April 1st. So April 17th is my three year anniversary of officially like opening my little Shopify, you know, account and, and opening up the website, you know? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm truly happy and, and blessed at where I've been able to come so far. And I'm glad that it's helping people. That's the bottom line is that I think I made it the right size. That was the thing. Um, there's all different size tubing that I could have gone with, but I wanted to pick a size that is universal to whether if a guy was using it or if a lady was using it, it can easily kind of slide through your finger, finger, fingers so that way you can catch the sides. Um, the way I explain to people when I'm at different um, events, I tell folks, I say, you know, your calluses are like mountains, okay? Now you can, you can chop down the top of the mountain, but then you still got the sides as well that need to be shaved down. And that's why I made it the size that it is so that you can go in between your fingers and make sure that you're not leaving any part of the callus a little too high. That could possibly catch on to something and wanna you know, peel back. Um, you need your calluses there, they're important. They're there to protect your hands. But again, when you have too much callus, that's not a good thing. You need to shave it back and just using a tool that's safe. You know, I didn't want to use razor blades on my hand. I didn't want to use uh, toenail clippers on my hands or any type of like cuticle kind of clipper. I wanted some, even if you use those tools, you're still going to clip it and it's still going to leave some little jaggered rough edges that could possibly want to, you're going to want to peel off that. This way you just kind of file them down and you're good to go. It's well, simple. One thing I like about it, you kind of alluded to, I use it after the shower when my hands are a little bit wet. And then another tip that I would recommend is you can use it on your feet too. Yeah. I get people to buy them on their feet. I get a lot of uh, postal workers 
people that walk a lot and they get calluses on their feet, they use them. Um, people who have athlete's foot and they have that dry skin, that flaky skin, they like to use them uh, for that as well. Dude, I had no idea what I was creating here. I just, I just said, I'm gonna reinvent the file. And the initial name of it was called The Callous Cure. And I was like, you know what, that's too long. I need to think of something a little catchier. <laughs> and, um, and then I was one day, I thought about this comedian. I can't remember the comedian's name, but a long time ago, there was this comedian that was making jokes about, it was kind of, I guess it was supposed to be kind of racial, but it was like, you know, every time you walk into a, um, a nail shop, there's always a lady at the front desk that says, manicure, pedicure. And, and that manicure, pedicure little phrase just kept bouncing in my head. I was like, you know what, manicure, pedicure, calicure. And uh, that's where calicure came from. And then I think about, you know, there's, there's more than one tool out there on the market that, you know, can take care of your calluses. I'm just one. You know, you can spend a lot of money and you can buy this one over here or you can spend a little money and, and buy this one here or you can spend even less money and, and buy mine. And we're all there to do the same purpose. It's just, okay, we have price budgets. You know, you can, I can cater to this department. I can cater to this, these guys. and I can cater to these folks up here. Um, but we're all here to, to, to take care of uh, the athlete's hands at the end of the day. Um, so... so now that you've kind of launched, what what are some of the challenges with having, there's dozens, if not hundreds of companies that have launched because of CrossFit. Obviously, you've got the big ones like Rogue Fitness, but yeah. there's a lot of ones that are just, you know, like you, they saw a problem and they wanted to create something to help, you know, yourself, but then ultimately help others. Now that you're three years into it, what are some of the challenges that people don't see you know a lot of people have ideas what are some of the challenges they don't realize and then also what are some of the recommendations and pieces of advice you would give for someone that's got an idea well um challenges well it's always a, oh, a daily challenge all, all the time i mean there's for me this was an idea that came out of my head and then i took my own personal money and started to invest in this and although i've made some sales and Last year was a good year. Um, this year started off being a good year, and then all of a sudden it kind of is, is tanking a little bit. But I have some ideas that's going to kind of help maybe uh, jumpstart um, awareness is, is one of the, um, the big things is being a small fish in this big pond of, of you know, um, big pool of, uh, of companies, marketing budget is uh, one of the, like, big things uh, that, kind of holds small companies like me back but you know having a platform like this and an audience that will listen and perhaps maybe go and check it out uh this this helps out small businesses tremendously um as for um that's the biggest challenge for me is the fact that i don't have a big marketing budget um i figured you know as the as as orders maybe start to really grow then I'll, I'll deal with those issues as they come. I have a good team of people around me that have been encouraging from day one, totally supportive. Um, and I'm not, I'm not scared to work. I mean, I, I, this is, this is the workshop. This is Cali care HQ. Every, everybody has an HQ, but this is, this is Cali cares HQ right here. I'm sitting in it. And, um, it's, I, like I said, in the beginning, I, I really, I think about it all the time. So, 
going to the next part of your question, like if you have something that you're, you're thinking about doing, you just have to give it a shot. If you don't try, if you don't, if you have an idea that you're sitting on, you're doing yourself an injustice. Um, when I thought of this a few years ago, I had no idea that, that I had no idea that CrossFit would even allow me the opportunity to be able to start this business for one. I say this first and foremost, I have so much respect for Greg Glassman of coming up with the concept of let's do deadlifts and run at the same time. You know, let's do pull-ups and let's do thrusters and these, these squats overhead press at the same time. I cannot wait to meet him so I can thank him personally and say, you know what, you've changed my life. You've changed the life of the people around me and you've given me the opportunity to start my own business. Um, so let me go and talk about sanctionals. You know, everybody was kind of freaking out behind regionals go away, going away. And I, in the beginning, I kind of was one of them because I'm like, I'm just getting started into this judging thing. I had just judged at the Atlantic regionals down in Florida and now regionals went away. I'm like, oh shoot, you know, right as I'm trying to, you know, you know build my little judging uh, you know, resume, it goes away. But when sanctionals came out, I thought to myself, well, I know this kind of sucks for the community. They don't really know what to expect. None of us really know what to expect. But as an entrepreneur and as a businessman, this is awesome because it opens up the door for me to be at multiple events throughout the year. I may not be able to afford to be at the Rogue Classic, a Rogue Invitational, or maybe at Del Mar or Wadapalooza. I may be there volunteering. I may not be there as a vendor yet, but I'm kind of getting a lay of the land. I'm getting to know some people, you know, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm marketing a little bit from the inside out a little bit. And I'm spreading in the word. Like I met you down in Florida recently, you know, I was there because I'm volunteering because I want to give back to the community. I don't want to just come across as some guy who has a product that just wants to like get money out of your account into my account. No, I've been a nurse for 25 years. I'm a CrossFit level two coach. I coach quite often each week. And I want to help people stay training. So, you know, CaliCure was born out of, out of that, that desire to not want to let an opportunity pass me by that I could have done something about. Now, when I was like maybe 18 or 19 years old, I was working a job with my brother one day and um, we were in a very old building and we were doing some plaster work in the stairwell. And in that building on the first floor, they had some nuns that, uh, that had a nursery. So they would put some of their little toys and big balls in the bottom of the stairwell, okay? Well, I was taking a break one day and I started sitting on one of those big balls. You know, as a kid, the ball seems like it's about your eye height, you know, because as a three-year-old, the ball is, is pretty big. And it looked like a big marble. So it wasn't this solid, blue ball or gray ball or purple ball that they come now it just was this multicolored, looked like a big marble and i'm sitting on this ball and i started to lean back and i come forward and i'm like oh i kind of engaged my core there and i kind of lean back and twist this way and come back up and lean this way and come back up and i'm thinking to myself wow i'm really catching my obliques about a year later i, I joke with my brother i say you know what man this could be a workout ball i said <laughs> This could easily, you know, you grab some dumbbells, you can lean back and you can kind of have a nice cushion in your lower back, maybe lean, you know, I gave him a whole bunch of scenarios. I said, and this was when VHS was still out, maybe even beta, right? Telling my age. 
I said, you know, we can have a VHS cassette, you know, and sell that with a with the little instructional video. And man, you never know, 1995, who knows where we'll go. And this was when the Home Shopping Network had just started back in the 80s. And here it is about a year later on the Home Shopping Network, they introduced the workout ball. Yeah, like, I, I remember that. 1999. And I was in my bedroom on my knees like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I thought about this over a year ago and I sat on it, you know, and, and that's why this time I didn't sit on it. I said, you know, if I got something that could possibly show my kids what it's like to just, you know, start from nothing and, and, and grow it somewhere. You know, I listen to the best hour every day podcast all the time, all the Thank time. You. I was just listening to the, to the Mark Bell episode. Um, Cause I'm here in my backyard working, right? Talk about inventor right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and so again, it just, it just goes to show that, you know, if, if he didn't do anything about that little idea, then no one would even know who he is. Maybe they'll know who he is because of his, you know, powerlifting career, you know, whatnot, but not as the inventor, you know, and I never thought that I would be an inventor, but I always have ideas and coming from a construction background, seeing something come from nothing and building it into something is a wonderful thing. You know, seeing, seeing how CrossFit started out in what Santa Cruz, California, you know, and, and then look at where it is now, you know, something that started from just a little, a thought, a flicker, one location now has just blossomed into this, this huge network of people that all have something in common. Every time I go to Wadapalooza, anytime I'm at, the Mac volunteer, any one of these events, I just think to myself, the one thing that we have in common is fitness. You know, it, it was because of fitness, it was because of CrossFit that brought us together, specifically CrossFit. So I'm not thinking about anything else right now, man. I'm thinking about keeping my family safe during this, this Corona outbreak. I'm thinking about um, as a nurse, I'm scared to actually go and volunteer and get back on the front lines because I've been away from bedside nursing for 15, 16 years. I've done home health care, but that's a different setting than being in a hospital. Being in the hospital is a whole nother ball, ball of wax. Um, my bedside skills are, you know, I'm sure in about three or four months, I can get them back to where they used to be, but I'm nervous. And my wife has asthma, really bad asthma. So let me come home as a carrier of this, of this disease. I might as well, I'm, that's her death sentence. So I'm thinking to myself all last week, how can I help all the people on the front lines that are out there trying to save everybody that's sick? You know, I mean, they don't have enough masks. They don't have enough gear. So um, I've... I've gone back and forth with um, Mr. O'Keefe from Loud and Live. I'm going to be uh, teaming up with them as well with all the rest of the brands to help donate some, um, some, of the, some product for a raffle. I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm doing some special edition red and white files that's going to be specifically uh, on my website to, uh, to sell to donate. I want to donate $10 for everyone sold to, I have organizations from, um, there's the United in Movement. Uh, I want to send some money that way. I want to send some money to um, uh, the American Red Cross. I want to send money to uh, Save the Children. 
Um, and then I want to support my box as well. So um, that'll just be proceeds from me directly to support my box. I plan on participating with, with both of those um, um, fundraisers, actually, and just awareness uh, that's kicking off Friday the 3rd. Uh, the but, um, you know, it'll also kind of help keep a little small business going, you know, because I lost my income from CrossFit uh, from my coaching job since the, the, the gym is closed. And, um, and I've got my income coming in from my nursing gig. But again, that's been part time because I've been <laughs> everything else has been part time in my life as well. But I, I'm just looking at trying to uh, continue to bring awareness to people and educate people on the importance of proper hand care. You know, we we uh, we touch everything. We touch the barbell. We touch the kettlebells. We touch the dumbbells. You know, we our hands are on the floor, our hands are on the bikes, on the rollers, you know, we, our hands are everything in CrossFit. Uh, for those of us that have both hands, are still blessed enough to actually, you know, have all our limbs, you know, um, and, and um, it's important to take care of them. So my goal is to basically try to educate people on the importance of proper hand care, because prevention is the key. You know, one of the first things I learned in nursing school was help promotion disease prevention. The goal is to promote health, to prevent disease. But the reality is once you graduate school, you know, all these nurses come out and they think they're gonna go and save the world, but you realize real quick that the world is a mess. And this person has hypertension and they have end-stage renal disease and they have type two diabetes. How are you gonna help this person? You're gonna to try to educate them, but you don't live with them. You don't, you know, shop with them, you know. Um, so that's why I did home healthcare because it gave me an opportunity to see how people are living. Like once I took care of a person in the hospital and they were discharged home, that was it. There was no more follow-up from me. Maybe there was follow-up from someone else, but not from me. I didn't, my eyes did not see how that disease process affected that person over a year or over two years or over three years, however long that maybe I was visiting that person at home. Um, so that whole sickness wellness fitness continuum is like this man's a genius i mean these are things that i've been seeing my entire life and i've always wanted to be on this side of that wellness and fitness continuum you know and when he started nailing he's such a genius man i can't wait to meet him one day i'm telling you when you see greg glassman telling this little kid from new orleans <laughs> you know has the utmost respect for him and uh, i have a feeling I have a feeling you'll bump into him at some point and I'm sure he'll love to point. hear it. And I think, yeah, yeah for, for so many people, it's easy to, you know, hate on these people that are, you know, these geniuses because we throw our own opinions and our own beliefs on there. But at the end of the day, he yeah. is a genius, like you said, and he created yeah. these things. And maybe it's just like that ball. It doesn't take the genius to invent the ball, but it's how we look at it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he did. He, yeah. You know, so you, You've got some great stuff coming up. Let, let the listeners know where they can support you and Cali Cure and all that good stuff. Well, um, you can support me social media wise. Um, my, my account is Cali Cure It, at Cali Cure It. Um, and, and let me just preface that by the reason it's not at Cali Cure, because it was taken already, unfortunately. And even what is the website. That? Somebody else had something? Dude, somebody out of Detroit has a, a website called calicure.com and it's actually a, a marijuana dispensary out of Detroit, Michigan. So when you, so calicure.com was taken already 
So I figured, you know what, I'm curing it. So I just, three years ago, I just said CaliCureIt.com. The Instagram is CaliCureIt, at CaliCureIt. Um, and like I said, yeah, the web, and Facebook, it's CaliCure, actually. So, um, yeah. Well, most people will head over to Instagram. Definitely check out the, the Instagram and, and support, because right now, like you said, you're giving back to so many great causes. And it's also impacting your business, right? With so many boxes closed, I think a lot yeah. of people are finding, hey, we can work out at home, but you know, really pull-up bars are probably the biggest culprit for injuring hands and cycling barbells. And those yeah. are two of the things, you know, everybody might have a dumbbell or a kettlebell, but not a lot of pull-up bars, not a lot of barbell workouts going down. Yeah, it's going to take a hit for a little while, but I know things will return back to normal eventually. You know, I was just saying the other day that I'm wondering how, when things do kind of get ramped up again, how comfortable are people going to be in a, a class with 15 or 20 people? You know, I think in class sizes may wind up decreasing for a little while. Maybe more classes on the hour, perhaps, but less people, you know, maybe five or six at a time or even like, I don't know. I mean, I, I was kind of suggesting that maybe CrossFit uh, gyms might become more of a, a boutique kind of uh, gym where maybe people are going to be really nervous about even being six feet from someone else. Maybe they just want to have more one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching going on. Who knows what's really going to happen in the next, you know, six months per se. I mean, we didn't realize this was going to hit us like it has and that we all will be sitting down the way that we are. But eventually things will ramp back up again. You know, things, things are a little weird right now around the world. But, yeah, yeah, yeah business, business has definitely taken a little hit for sure. I had I just did something really big with um, Bear Complex actually has been like my biggest – retailer out there um we started doing business together uh january of 2019 and we had a really successful year last year and we were doing something special for murph that's coming up real soon uh we did some special edition files for that and it looks like all of that's been canceled because it was in it was around the time with the indianapolis 500 so that that event got canceled so everything else surrounding it I'm, i i know is canceled as well so Maybe we'll be doing Murph in July. Who knows? We'll pick a day, but, you know, we still got to do our annual Murph, you know, at some point this year. Yeah, I think everyone just hoping that eventually things get back to normal. We went grocery shopping this afternoon, and it's just everything's different. You know, you're, there's only self-checkout lines. People are staying six feet apart. You know, everyone's just kind of got that weariness about everyone. But I think CrossFitters yeah. are, in general, some of the strongest people you know, not just from a weightlifting perspective, but from a heart perspective. And yeah. I think we're going to be on the front line. As soon as those doors are ready to open again, everybody's going to be back supporting their box and supporting Absolutely. great companies like you have, Chris. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate your time, man. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk to me again, you know, bumping into you that day was, I think just, uh, it was meant to be, you know, my my four year old just just came into the garage with Mississippi. I know I have it like that for a reason. Thanks. <laughs> put put it to work. Put it to work. Make him, Come here, son. Come here. Come make say hello. Him make some uh, calicure. This is this is gonna be the future Matt Fraser right here. I'm I'm, I'm uh -oh. training him young. This is this there is my is. little buddy. This is Jacques. Say hello, Jacques. Mr. Jason. Say hi, Mr. Very Jason. Very strong. Yeah. Well, anyway. it, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it was. You know, we were joking around before we hit record that 
we've both been busy and it took the coronavirus to make this happen. But, you know, <laughs> not that that's the positive that comes out of it, but hey, yeah, this is the one small positive that we have today, you know, one day at a time. So I'm really glad. There you go. And count your blessings along you. the way as well. This has been good because, you know, it's given me more time with my wife. It's given me more time with my son. Normally I'm coaching four or five, six o'clock classes in the evening and I'm not getting home until after it's dark. So half the time I come home and I'm throwing him in the bathtub and give him a bed and having dinner with him. And for you know it, it's the same routine back up at six o'clock the next morning and doing it all over again. So um, yeah, this has been a nice little sit down, a little time out for everybody. And if you haven't noticed, I think that the globe is actually appreciating it too. I think the skies oh, yeah. are a little bit bluer. You know, the, the air is nice and crisp here. There's no humidity today. It's, it's beautiful here. So I think this is good. I think, every, I think once a year, everybody needs to just sit down for 30 days. So hey, we ought to do this going forward. I'll take it. I think, you know, the only thing that I w wish would be happening is more of a timeline, right? I mean, if you said, hey, 30 days out of the year, yeah. we're, we're, we're all kicking back. We're going to stay home. The bus businesses will plan for that. But right. It, right now, it's just this uncertainty. But I tell yeah. Roz, it's like, yeah. you know, it gets to be five or six o'clock at night. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of nice. We're going to hang out. We're going to, we watch movies together. We play games together. Things that without this forced slowing down, we'd forget. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm going to let you go spend some time with Jacques. It sounds like he's ready to play with daddy. He's hanging on my rings over here. Next time I'll give you a, a gym, a, a garage gym tour. Sounds good. I'm going to direct everybody over to you. We appreciate you. all you do. And it's, of course, very impressive to me to see someone like you that's created this business out of it, out of air, out of nothing. So congrats. It took me playing on the floor with him with a skateboard. Just go to show hey. you. you never know where the inspirations come from. Exactly. Well, thank you, Chris. Jason. Have a great rest of your day. You too, man. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself and it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback, and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us. Best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.